0: Greetings listeners, if any, and welcome to DM Dad, the podcast about running D&D and other RPGs for kids. A great way to spend time with your family, now that your friends are too old and have all moved away. Before we uh, get started, I just wanted to um, address something quite uh serious um one of my uh favorite uh OSR creators Josh Beckelheimer has uh recently uh posted that uh there's is a family emergency um that they're asking for some help with um basically their car just died and they're a one car family um his wife is on maternity leave you know you guys know what it's like with a car, you know, you need a car. If you only have one car and that car goes kaput, you know, how are you going to get to and from work? How are you going to get the kids to and from school? How are you going to shop for food? How are you going to access medical treatment? You know, they got a brand new baby in the house. Um, they need $3,500. And so they they started a GoFundMe. Um Eric Tankar of Tankar's Tavern and uh, the Tavern Chat podcast has pledged that the Tankar's Tavern will match um up to $250 or up to 200 yeah up to $250 um of anything you donate if you leave in the comments that you're doing it, you know, through Tankar's Tavern. So I uh I, I uh, sent them some money and uh, and left a comment, but I just wanted to boost the signal. I don't think I have a huge signal boost, but just in case, you know, you, anybody listening to this has probably already heard it through Tankars Tavern, but just in case, um, you can find the link, you can find it on the Tankars Tavern blog uh, blog page on the Tankars Tavern Facebook group, you can find it on through Fantastical Beckelheimer, so that's fantastical b e c k e l h i e m fantastical beckelheimer beckelheimer is b e c k e l h i m e r .blogspot.com or google fantastical beckelheimer that'll take you there and it's the top post right now with the link to the gofundme page um or it's gofundme uh, backslash cw four vn car dash emergency so there's a you know I I would put a hot link in but obviously you know with a podcast you can't do that anyways if you got even a little bit of money that you can send them to you know help them get their car fixed because you need a car you know um you got a a young family you need a car um and you know if 3500 people gave them a dollar they'd be there so Um, and so the tavern that, yeah, Tankars Tavern is matching donations and I think Skeeter Green Publishing is also matching, it's going to match anything that Tankars Tavern matches. So that's like, so that would be, that would change 250 to 500 and then I guess a, a 750, you know? So, um, yeah, before I get into the rest of this podcast, I just thought I would give a little shout out to that just in case I have any listeners who aren't also listeners of Tankars Tavern. Because um, this is a great, great OSR creator. And, um, you know, like, like Tankar said in his podcast, you know, the community, we want to be a community that looks out for each other. And, you know, when somebody needs help, we can, we can help them because we can.
1: Hey, DM dad, this is Jason Hobbs with Random Screed. I wanted to welcome you to Dungeons and Dragons and even more importantly, welcome you to the OSR. I have a podcast called Hobbs and Friends of the OSR and an Anchor cast called Random Screed. Uh, I specifically mentioned Hobbs and Friends of the OSR because I did do an episode about gaming with kids with Corey Joe gosman and Brett Blazinski of uh, the Gaming and BS Podcast, which maybe you'll like that episode. I don't know. Uh, I enjoyed listening to your first episode. I'm going to try and get uh, your other episodes into my rotation, but welcome to Man. Uh, it's awesome to have new people on here and I think you got a good angle and people are interested in that topic. So awesome. Preteen gaming. That's impressive. Uh, have a good one
0: later. So, wow. Uh, Jason Hobbs of, uh, random screed and of course, Hobbs and friends of the OSR. Um, I did not expect somebody like that to be reaching out to, uh, to me, I uh, I kind of feel like there are you know tiers within these things, and I'm at like the lowest tier, and and Jason Hobbs is at a much higher tier, and I wouldn't expect somebody, somebody that that high up in the community to be like you know singling me out and and reaching out. Um, so that means it means a lot to me to get uh, a message um, a message like that from from Jason. Um so thank you very much Jason uh for that uh kind welcome to the OSR. Um it's funny cuz uh in the in the message you me- mentioned that the Hobbs and Friends of the OSR did do uh, a cast about playing D&D for kids. Um is <clears throat> I think it's coming up on a year ago that 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 episode went out um it's a it's a good episode um well like all their episodes um and it, it does have some interesting uh some interesting things. one of the things that I really liked about that is they talked about you know getting kind of d and d clubs in schools and stuff like that. It's always been kind of a secret goal of mine to see if like <clears throat> if I could like run a d and d game at my uh, daughter's school for kind of her her friends. Or at least get them into maybe doing their own, um, RPG club or something like that. Cause they do a lot of clubs like lunchtime clubs and after school clubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I just thought, you know, they're getting to be about the right age for this. I wonder if they would be interested in that. Um, I've never really had the, uh, <clears throat> the courage to kind of suggest it. I feel like it's my weird niche hobby and I don't want to like, uh, go foisting it on other people, it's probably, well, I mean, I feel anxiety about most things and that particular anxiety probably comes back from, I do remember, you know, the eighties and nineties when it was considered really, really nerdy to be into D and D and it's like, I think the attitude to be honest is very different now, but I still find it hard to believe that sometimes that, that actually it's cool to play D and D when i was a kid it was the opposite of cool so <clears throat> but another thing that i that struck me about well so one thing specifically that that actually um jason asked in that episode was do you think osr games are better to play with kids um and i mean if i had been <clears> or <throat> if somebody asked me that same question i would say yeah absolutely for a couple of reasons. One, I've touched on this before that we play white box when I run for my daughter and my eight-year-old daughter and my five-year-old son. One of the reasons for that, or maybe the reason that we do white box in particular, is because I really, really wanted to run that system. But one of the reasons that we do a rules light system that way is because I wanted my son to be able to grasp the mechanics and participate. And <clears throat> if you Anybody who's played fifth edition has streamlined as it is. If you've ever played with an absolute RPG beginner explaining to them how to calculate all the bonuses and which bonuses apply when you know that there's, there's a limit to how like the, the, the simplicity only goes so far. And I thought, look, all you have to do in white box, roll a D 20, tell me what you get and roll a D six. If you get to inflict any damage Apart from that, there aren't any real mechanics, you know. There's nothing that you need to worry about. Just tell me what your character wants to do. So um, I definitely think that a lot of OSR games, especially the rules-light ones, because there are non-rules-light OSR games. There are rules-heavy ones as well. But um, those those are easier to explain the rules and easier. They're smoother and faster to run. Um, so I would definitely say <clears throat> OSR is, is easier for kids, but one thing that struck me is that at least one of the, one of the guests had run dungeon crawl classics and, I, and they were for older kids, older than even my daughter. Um, I don't play DCC myself, um, but it's got... It's got lots of crazy dice, and you know, it's got the starting with level zero and running four characters and running them through a funnel to see which one actually becomes your character. It's got some concepts that I feel are that that make the game a little bit more complicated than you know your basic old school D and D game. And uh, in I don't know thinking about this. Because you know, because uh, Jason mentioned it in his message, and then it got me thinking about the uh, the pod, the episode that he he referred to. So I have kind of a question because I know that uh, I know that a lot of people out there in the OSR um, have played DCC, um, or even big fans of DCC. So. You know, a long time ago when Dungeon Dungeon Crawl Classics came out, they were modules, and they weren't even modules for an old-school system. They were just old-school style modules, and that's a genius idea. Um, In fact, the way that I got into the OSR uh, in the first place is because I wanted to run those classic old-school modules. I wanted to run, you know, um, uh, Keep on the Borderlands. I wanted to run... uh, temple of elemental evil, the full thing. And I wanted to run, you know, tomb of the lizard King and against the cult of the reptile God and stuff like that. But I, wa- I wanted to run them um, in my five E game. So I kept, I kept downloading those, those PDFs. Um, when they first started coming out on a, um drive through RPG. And then I would just, you know, make notes on how to convert them to five E. And that was my original intention. Was to uh to just run old school modules because I just I loved the way they were structured. I loved the the play style that they implied, and that was the kind of feel that I wanted to get at at my table, even when I was playing Five E or running Five E. So you know, creating you know, because I never got to play those modules back in the day, but if you if you did play those modules back in the day, and you're running a modern D and D system. You know, and you've, you've already played Keep on the Borderlands. You've already played all those other, all the, uh, the classic modules. You still want that style of module. So, getting old school style modules for a modern system is a great idea. But clearly, when it came time for them to create their own rule system, rather than creating just another retro clone, they went for something unique. And the way people describe it to me, it feels more complicated. Than I would normally like my rule systems to be. So my question is this, right? I have all the flavors of Swords of Wizardry. You know, I've got White Box Core Complete Light, Continual Light. I've got Untold Adventures. I've got Labyrinth Lord. I've got Lamentations of the Flame Princess. I've got Basic Fantasy Role Playing. I've got uh, Osric. I have the complete core rule books of first edition AD&D, and second, uh, second edition AD&D for that matter. I've got Unearthed Arcana. You know, I, uh, I have plenty of old school systems to choose from. And quite a few of them I spent no money on, or hardly any money on. And Dungeon Crawl Classics isn't free, not even as a PDF. As far as I know, there's no free version of it. So if I were to spend money and get the DCC, you know, game, the rule system, for those of you who know it and love it, what would I be getting from it that I can't get from all those other systems that I already mentioned? What what would what would DCC give me that's unique that I can't already get from all those things? That I already have. And this is like, this is an honest question because people talk about it. <clears throat> I am curious about it, but it's over the threshold of something where I'm like, oh, I'll just buy that, you know, um, in terms of how much I would actually have to spend on it. Um, and I just want to know like, where would my money be going? What would I be getting that I don't, that I can't already get from all the other systems that I have? Um, there must be something that makes it fun in and of itself. Um so I would just, you know, if uh any DCC fans are listening, please call in and tell me what's great about it. What does it have that other old school games don't have that would that would make a person want to say, "You know, what? I'm going to spend the money and get this game and start running it." Wow, I talk a lot. Um not just in the last segment, but um I actually uh, recorded an earlier segment that um, I listened to it just to check, you know, check the quality, which I probably don't do often enough. And I just went on and on and on, and I was like, I can't believe I just can't shut up, you know. I can't believe anybody can be bothered listening. I mean, the the long story short of, of in the segment that I cut was, I posted a meme on Twitter. That resulted in an unusual amount of traffic to my blog and to my Twitter page. My Twitter page is currently not even linked to my, you know, my D&D personality. At least my blog is called DM Dad, as well as my podcast. But my Twitter page is just my name. My handle has nothing to do with D&D. It's at now you're taken, which is the title of a Mogwai, Mogwai song. Featuring lyrics and vocals by Aidan Moffat of Arab Strap. And if you don't know what that means, then you're probably not Scottish. Um, So, um, I guess the whole point of that is I may have to think about um, using Twitter for my, you know, my personality, my gaming personality, changing the the name of the Twitter account. I can actually change it to DM Dad because there's already a DM Dad on Twitter. Although that DM Dad is just a dad who plays D and D. He doesn't necessarily play with his kids. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to be like Daddy DM. That sounds that sounds like we're getting into S and M, you know, stuff like that. And that's not that's not what I'm. That's not where this is going. Anyways, um, there are some other, uh, phone-ins I've had this week that, um, I'd just like to, uh, address in this episode, so let's hear who else has been calling.
1: Hey, Robert, this is Larry with Follow Me and Die. Uh, you're talking about Die Superstitions, my brother Robert, whenever he, uh, is ready to play a game he'll say all right give me your d20 i'm going to roll all the 20s out of him and he'll roll it several times until he's satisfied it's not going to roll up another 20 Uh, that's kind of funny Uh, on roll 20 for our weekly wednesday game i roll terrible consistently it's pretty amazing when i actually hit something uh, or have a success with the dice i guess it makes it sweeter when that happens I tend to use game science dice, which definitely roll fair, because on the same die, I've rolled three 20s in a row and turned around and rolled uh, several ones or other low rolls, so the type of dice you use make a difference. People that have favorite dice are unbalanced dice, and so they're not technically fair, Uh, but anyway, that's my two cents.
0: Thanks for that, Larry what a What a cheeky thing to do try to roll the twenties out of out of somebody 's dice. thank goodness that 's not actually possible um it 's kind of like the opposite of the gamer superstition where you never ever roll your dice unless it 's time to roll in case you roll a twenty because if you do if you 're just fiddling about with the dice, rolling them randomly, and then you get a, a twenty um it's like, that's going to be the only 20 of the night. And you wasted it, you know, as if, as if like you're all allocated a certain number of 20s. Um, I've actually heard of somebody, it, it was a, it was a, a YouTube video by Draven Swiftbow. It's one of my favorite YouTubers. And he talked about annoying habits, like th- things that players do that annoy annoy DMs. And he said he once had a player who would just sit around and absently roll the dice while something else was going on, like where you're supposed to be paying attention to what the DM's saying. And then he'd get a twenty and then he'd interrupt the DM and say, I just rolled a twenty, kinda bank that for later. It's like, no you can't bank that for later, you moron. It's like, what do people think they're trying to pull here, you know? Um, I've never had that in my uh, in my game. But you know, I do play with kids and they do fiddle with their dice sometimes. Um, and you know, I do warn them. It's like you'll roll all the twenties out, you know, and because they're kids, they'll they'll buy it. You know, um, it's interesting what you said about unbalanced dice. Um, I mean, that's that's totally that's totally a thing. You can see some YouTube videos where people have actually cut dice open, and and you know, there's bubbles in them. One of the things apparently you can do. Um, is by translucent dice and then you can actually look through them and see that there are no bubbles and stuff uh, unbalancing them apparently you can check d20s and other dice by by putting them in water i think you might have to add something to the water to make make sure that it's buoyant so that the d20 floats and then you spin it and it should all it should never write itself if it writes itself like it, like always goes up to the same number then it's unbalanced um but if if it stays in a random order then it's then it's a it's a good die but because uh, so many of us buy cheap dice i do it myself you know i'm sure the vast majority of my dice are factory seconds they are probably unbalanced and there's been a couple of times where i've used i've played online games and i've used dice rolling apps either on my phone or online dice rolling apps and because those are scripts they they really are literally just generating a random number in a certain range it feels like you're rolling worse it feels like the, it feels like the app is broken but it's really it's just truly it's the shock of getting truly random numbers um because over time you get your favorite dice because they're unbalanced and they're more likely to roll well, and you start to think that the range of numbers you actually do roll is the random range, and it's not. And then you get a dice app, which is just a simple script of take a random number between this and that, and then you, then suddenly you feel like like the like like you're being cheated, but it's actually just a truly random occurrence. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting thing like that. I think, especially in the days of like the days of overpowering overpowered gaming characters and stuff when people people get really frustrated when they roll low um and it's not like it's fun but you know you got to think any time you roll that d20 there's a chance that you're going to ro- there's a 50% chance that you're going to roll 10 or less so why should you be surprised that's you know it's a 50-50 chance so um anyways uh yeah but you know dice in the game they're they're inseparable so the the superstitions will remain and it's it's part of the flavor of the game isn't it so um one thing that uh larry mentioned on uh one of his recent uh podcasts maybe even the most recent i'm not always fully caught up um he was talking about music i think he was talking about appendix n and i called in about about that but he was talking about beyond just books that inspire you about music and he's talking about some of the music that inspired him and his gaming throughout the years. It got me uh mm-hmm. thinking about music. Um and about especially about the basically background music that you run in game. Um pretty early on in in my you know, game mastering career, such as it is, I started putting in music and sound effects. And at the start, I went for the obvious things. I went for, you know, Lord of the Rings soundtrack and stuff like that. And I quickly, I quickly stopped doing that um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, gaming does not move at the same real time pace as uh, as cinema, and cinematic scores are written to. To time in perfectly with what you're watching on screen and so even if you take like a fight scene in fact the fight scenes work the worst of all in my in my opinion and in my experience if you try to play a specific fight scene you know section like a the the background to a, to a, a very specific fight scene say from lord of the rings during your fight scene it's really disjointed because the score is actually written to reflect All the blows and all the feints and parries and things like that. These are things that are, first of all, they're not necessarily happening in your game at all because your game, you're not recreating an actual fight. There's no way you could do that. But also, most of the time, you're sitting around the table deciding what you're going to do. You know, there's the uh, the joke about you know D and D where a three-hour walk takes five minutes, but a five-minute fight takes three hours. But, you know, if you think about even in an old school system where a round of combat is one minute instead of six seconds like it is in modern D&D, you know, that means you yeah, have five rounds of a fight. That's five minutes. Five minutes of game time. But how, that could be, you know, it could be a big chunk of your gaming session. So they don't match up. Um, but even worse than that is something that also Matt Colville um, pointed out, and you probably all know who Matt Colville is. If you don't, then I definitely recommend you subscribe to his YouTube channel. Um, also Draven Swiftbow, who I mentioned earlier. But Matt Colville said, you know, if you play Lord of the Rings music at your table, then your players will think of Lord of the Rings, which, I mean, this may be fine if you're exactly trying to evoke Lord of the Rings, but if, if your game isn't exactly Lord of the Rings... You know they're thinking of that and not your game. So you want some evocative music, you want some appropriate music, but you want it to be something that doesn't have such a powerful association, at least for your players, that it's going to color the way they see the game from now on. Um, so what I started doing, and again I discovered this through Matt Colville, but there's a there's a, a website called My Noise. It just has lots of different. It's it's basically meant for uh, like noise cancellation or ambient meditation, but it has some um, stuff designed for RPGs as well. There's a dungeon sound simulator. There's a forest simulator. They have stormy weather. They have just lots of creepy sounds and stuff. They also have comforting sounds and stuff. So basically, whenever I'm prepping a session, um, for 5th edition anyway, I don't actually do this with old school when I'm running an old school system, but when I'm prepping my 5th edition game for the full group, one of the things I write down on my notes is which sound effect I'm going to play during a given scene. And I just leave them on repeat, kind of quiet in the background, and I find just the sounds help evoke the mood. You know, so if, if they're dungeon crawling, I leave the little dungeon sound generator on and, and, and I, I leave it on randomized. So it kind of changes the volume of each individual component sound randomly. So occasionally they'll hear things like weird footsteps or a little clanking noise. It has nothing to do with what's really going on, but it does subtly make them edgy, you know. And because it's, it's literally just sounds, it's not music at all, they can't associate it with anything that they've seen before. Um, the other one I use is tabletop audio, which was nominated for an Emmy. I don't know if it won, won because to be fair, Glenn, so, Although I was happy to vote in the annies, especially there was a big OSR call to arms and vote for all the OSR things. But I, I, I don't care about award ceremonies and I haven't since Titanic won best picture. Um, basically that was the moment where I realized that award ceremonies are BS if Titanic can win best picture, you're talking about putting Titanic in the company of the Godfather, then obviously this whole thing is just a sham. And I kind of went from there to thinking that all awards are pretty much a sham. So, I mean, not to like, you know, disparage you. If you won an Emmy, I'm really happy for you, but, um, if you didn't win an Emmy, I don't think any less of you. I My opinion of your product is the same as it was if you hadn't even been nominated. I know what I like. I know what I think is high quality, and I don't give a crap what kind of sticker you can put on it. Um, sorry for the swear word. but So I don't know if Tabletop Audio won in any. I definitely voted for it because I use it all the time, but that's another great source of sound effects. Um, the only time I play actual music is during the fight scenes. Um, cause I feel like that's a time where, you know, you'll take the, the sound effects off and maybe just have some stirring music. But I, I try to use music that isn't famous, at least not famous to everybody. It probably is famous to a lot of gamers. So I use things like Midnight Syndicate and Nox Arcana, or, um, I will, I will put some film soundtrack things if I think it's obscure enough, if I know that the players probably don't, won't recognize it especially since I play with kids, it's basically any film that they're too young to remember. So, you know, things like from Dragon Slayer or, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, Although it has the worst soundtrack in the entire world ever for any fantasy uh, film, I do have some stuff from the Lady Hawk soundtrack. Um and I use that for lighthearted fights, like if it's not if it's not meant to be a really dramatic fight that's hard to win, if it's meant, meant to be a more of an entertaining thing because it's just such a silly soundtrack. I mean, it's like it's it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's still stirring, you know? So I use that when the fight isn't really meant to be a big deal, when it's just kind of for fun. Um funnily enough, though, like I said I don't do that when I'm running Old school systems. Um, I think for now, I run old school systems to get away from the bells and whistles, you know. And I run at theater of the mind. I don't pull out. I don't have, you know, battle grids and minis and things like that. And I I wonder if if maybe someday I stop running fifth edition and modern systems entirely. And only roll only run old school systems if maybe I'll bring some of those things back because I'll miss them. But right now it's like it's it's my uh my lo fi kind of, you know, D and D light where I just, you know, let's not put all the 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 pa- the baggage and stuff like that and, you know, we're just gonna sit around and we're just gonna play this game. We're gonna take it easy, you know. Let our mind or let our imaginations do the work. Anyways, that's all for today. Before I sign off, I just want to say once again, um, if you were up for an any or one an any, um, I just yeah, I, I hope I did not offend you with my any's comment um or you know, denigrate your achievement in any way. Um but I stand by my assessment of Titanic. Um and also, yeah, just one last time before I go, definitely consider um Supporting Josh Beckelheimer's GoFundMe, Um, you know, like like Eric Tankar said about you know being a community that we look after each other, and that you know that goes beyond community even to society. You know, like when if we see a fellow human being, you know, who's undergoing some kind of hardship or you know misfortune do we want to be the kind of society where we're like, well, sucks to be you as one less person competing for what I got, or do we want to be the kind of person or the kind of society that, you know, helps people when they need help and we can help them. And, you know, I know what kind of society I want to live in. So um, once more, yeah, if you've, um, if, if you can send them any money um, please do, please consider it. And if you can't, maybe just at least share it on social media and stuff like that. Cause you know, the, the more, the more people are aware of this, the more, the more chance they have of, of meeting their goal. Um, so that's all for me. And this, well, today's ramblings, um, kids are back to school. So I have my house, have the house to myself during the day. So I, I may be doing more podcasting than before. Um, so heads up for that until then, Play well and let the dice roll where they may.